<laughs> All right, so good morning. Let's uh, let's begin. So we left off today's daf is Ayin Vav. A lot to do today. We left off Ayin Hey Amud Beis. So if you remember again, we left off actually Mamish last line, last line. Dover Acher. We were speaking about the man in yesterday's daf. Dover Acher Lechem Avirim Achal Ish. What does it mean when it calls the man a Lechem Avirim that a man ate top of Ayin Vav? Ze Yehoshua. Who is the Ish over here? This refers to Yehoshua. It's quite beautiful that the Gemara says that Yehoshua was given as much man. His portion of man corresponded to the portion of all of Klal Yisrael. Obviously, employing a little bit of hyperbole over here. What is Yehoshua going to do with all of that man? But the idea is apparently Yehoshua was privileged to receive an extra portion of man. How do we know this? Ksiv hacha ish. It says over here ish by lechem avirim achal ishu ksiv hasam. And it says over there. So it calls, so it says to Moshe Rabbeinu, take Yoshua Benun, a man whose spirit is within him. So we see again, it says Ish over here, and therefore the Gemara assumes that the Lechem Avirim Achal Ish, the bread of the nobility, the bread of the angels, was eaten by the man, refers to Yoshua. So the Gemara says, I, but Ve'ima Moshe, maybe Ish refers to Moshe Rabbeinu, after all, Bechsev, Ish Moshe Anav Ma'od, I, it says that Moshe Rabbeinu, Ha'ish Moshe, the man Moshe, was very humble. To which the Gemara says, that's fine. But done in ish me ish, there ain't done in ish me the ha'ish. I both say in general, in making a gzeir shava, if possible, we like to use exactly similar words. Only if we can't do that, do we use words that have the same root. So although, I'm, so by Yoshua it says ish ish, it says ish, and by Moshe Rabbeinu it says ha'ish. Therefore, we'd rather, rather make the gzeir shava from ish ish to ish ha'ish. Shalut will say, this is a beautiful Gemara. Really. Sha'alu Talmidov, even, even the room became lighter. So Sha'alu Talmidov, Esra Bishimon Ben Yochai. So the students asked their, their Rebbe Rashbi, Why did God have to give us man every single day? Why did Nakhadish Baruch just give us man once a year? Give us supplies for once a year. Well, so this is how beautiful this is. Amrulahem. So Rabbi Shabbat Yachai said to them, Em Shalachem Moshul Ma'adavadom. Let me give you a Moshul. Give you a Moshul. Lemelech Pasav Adam Sheyesh Lo Ben Echad. Compared to a king who has one son. Pasak Lo Mizonosav. Pam Achas Beshana. The king, the king would give his students an allowance, excuse me, would give his son an allowance once a year. Mizonos. He would give him everything he needed once a year. So what happened? How often did the son visit his father? Once a year. What happens? So what happens? The father decided, you know what? I'm going to give you a daily allowance. And amazingly enough, what occurred? Right? The son came to visit every single day. So took Somebody who had four or five children. We've spoken about this before. You know, nighttime came. Nighttime came. The man is used up. And somebody who has a family, it begins to worry. And they say, And we'll say, I, you could say that a person would be worried even if they didn't have a family. All right, as a pa- every parent knows, in a dome, the worry that you have for yourself versus the worry that you have for your children. All right, you worry about yourself. You'll fall, you'll fall asleep. But to, to the notion that perhaps your children won't have food the next day, won't have, so a person, would, 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 the kishkas would be in the nat. My family will die of starvation. 
Kulam mechuvanim es libam la'avin shabbat shamayim. And therefore, it turned out that what happened every day for Klai Yisrael, they would direct their hearts to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So therefore, Shabbat was saying that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave out the man day by day in order what? In order to create a relationship with Klai Yisrael. Granted, it is a very basic relationship as God is the provider, as God is the sustainer, but a necessary, almost a necessary evolution in their recognition and appreciation of God. Remember, they have nothing. They're starting from the ground level. Although they saw all these amazing miracles, they're working on building a relationship. Sakhadish Baruch, who says, I need you to know that you're connected to me each and every day. I can say it, but more importantly than saying it, it has to actively be a part of the, of the fabric of your daily life. Therefore, month falls every single day in order to keep the people connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. another possibility. Another is actually very interesting. If it would have fallen once here, Rabbi said, then what? Then Lamaisa, again, you'd have to reheat. Right? You'd have to reheat. Part of the miracle of the month is that it fell ready to eat every single day. I'm sorry, spiritual, correct. It's actually interesting. The, the Masha, we'll see there are actually three answers over here. Look at the next one. Right, third possibility is because there would have been a lot to carry. It's a lot to travel. So we'll say it's very interesting. So correct, we go, we go from the relationship, from the relationship, ultimately to two very practical ideas. But, but again, even, even in the second answer, the second answer, the Shabbat wants to give them hot food. Why? That's also to create a sense of connection. I love you. How do you we'll say, what's the best way to demonstrate love? Right? See, see, the biggest mistake people make in relationships is that they think that they could demonstrate their love to their partner by going ahead and doing the things that they're obligated to do. Right? Just like you never say that you're babysitting for your kids. Right. Very bad idea. <laughs> Very bad idea. Oh, really? Babysitting for the kids? Right? They're not your kids. I mean, I, I never did this, but I'm just saying others, <laughs> others, rookie mistake. Others have made this mistake. Right? Or, 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 or again, where you try, you, you know, I, I did the shopping, I did this... When, when does love really come out? Love often comes out in the gestures that go above and beyond. Right? There are things that I have to do, but there are things I don't have to do, but I choose to do. That's ultimately a beautiful expression of love. When a Kodesh Baruch says, I'm going to give you hot food, it doesn't need to do that. What does it mean? It's mine, whatever I felt. But he does it because it's an expression of love. In the third one, in the third one, it's also an expression of love. But it's not as intense. It's a little bit more utilitarian and practical in nature. I don't want you schlepping it around. What happened? Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Shmuel, the Zakinim are sitting and discussing the parsha of the month. And Rabbi Elazar Hamodi was sitting was sitting between them. Rabbi Elazar Hamodi said the following: Man shishim ama. So I'll say his name. Rabbi Elazar Hamodi says that when the month fell, it was piled up 60 amos high. 60 amos high. So we'll say you'll do the math. If an amo is about a foot and a half, so it's at 90 feet, 90 feet up in the air. Okay. I'm going to be tarifon. Modi, ad masay atam megavev dvarim, umevi alenu. So Rabbi Tarifon didn't like this. And he said, he called him Modi, which was also. Modi, when are you going megavev? Now, we'll say, if you look at the Mesorah Sasha, see there's a little base there. Megavev means... When are you going to keep gathering stuff? Like he's accusing him of like just gathering random information. When are you going to keep gathering random stuff and just dumping it on us? 
which is another way of saying, I'm not sure I quite agree with what you said. Amralo Rebbe Mikrani Dorish. So Rabbi Elizabeth Modi said, Rebbe, I have to tell you, I'm dashing a positive. What's the positive? It's very interesting. So we'll say, Torah says by the Mabal that the waters fell 15 Amos and they covered the mountains. The water covered, the water was 15 Amos on top of the world. What's the problem? The problem with that is, makes it the world is flat, and there's 15 hours of water. 15 hours of water will look one way by the valleys, another way by the mountains. So literally when he says, Vichimaya shuri shuri, are the, are, the, are the waters like walls? Meaning, when you give this measurement, how does that measurement stim with the fact that the earth is not a flat surface? So the Gemara says, Va'od teva heichisagya. Furthermore, how exactly, if it's only 15 hours from the ground level, from the, we'll call it the, the, the flat earth level, then how exactly was the Teva able to float? What about the mountains? Look at Rashi. Teva hech isagyo, hech atzma, hech also, excuse me, l'rashi aharim. How was the Teva able to go above the mountains? Go back to the Gemara. Ella, here's what happened. Nivku kol ma'ayonos tohom. We'll say what happened. In the beginning, when the Kalish Baruch Hu brought the Mabel, the depth, tohom represents the depths, right? So, so the water contained within the earth, tohom, all the springs of the Tahom opened up. So we'll say the first step in the, in the Mabu was that the springs within the earth in the Tahom opened up and the entire earth was filled with water, meaning that water covered the entire earth. So that water extended even to the top of the highest mountains. So the earth, the earth was totally submerged. And then what happens? And then after the earth was totally submerged, what happened? So, the, so we'll say, that's not from rainwaters. That's from what they call the waters of the Tahom. Then what happened? There was additional rainfall that caused an additional 15 amos of water to pile up on top of that. So watch this. So now here's what we have. We have the earth is covered by water, right? The, 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 we'll call it the, the earth's surface is covered by water, including to the top of the mountains, by the waters of the Tahom. Rainwaters come along again and add an extra 15 amos of water on top of that. Now watch, watch this. In general, which midah, which divine attribute comes in greater quantity? The, the, the midah of good or the midah of punishment? Of course, it's the midah of good. We have this cloud that midah tova meruba midah saporonos. That HaKadosh Baruch, whenever God bestows good, good is always bestowed in greater quantity than, than negativity. The Midas Paranos, who Omer, Rabos, I remember, by the Mida, by the punishment, by the Mabul, it says, It says that the windows, the windows of Shamayim were opened. Okay, look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, Bemida Paranos. Bemida Paranos. Good. Bemidas Paranos. Actually, look at the previous Rashi, Meruba. Rabba al Chaverta. We're saying now that the midah of good eclipses the midah of bad. He says, again, for example, when it comes to the bestowing of good, so the Torah says, the Torah says, 
La'alafim means that Kodesh Baruch Hu will give, will repay the good that someone does for, for thousands of generations to come. And yet for the negativity, Kodesh Baruch Hu only visits that on what? Shileshim and Rebeim. Only third and fourth generations. So we see from here, there's a biblical proof to this idea that Midas, Midah Tova, Miruba Amida Poronos. So now the Gemara says the fine. Look at the next Rashi. He says, "Bemidas Poronos Omer ve'Arubos Hashmayim Lo Yorad Mabul El Aderach Sterubos." Now we'll say. So the Torah says over here that that the flood waters, the rain waters, came from the windows of the heaven. Ve'Arubos Hashmayim Niftuchu Bemidah Tova Hu Omer, and yet by good, by the midah of good, it says, "Va'Itzav." The Rosh this pasuk is here from Tehillim. Va'Itzav Shechakim Mimal. Literally, he commanded, he commanded Shechakim, we'll see what that means in just a little bit, but he commanded the blessing to come down. He opened up the doors of the heavens. So I hear the Pasuk in Tehillim, so just keep, keep this in mind. In, in the, in the, by the Mabul, it says he opened up the window. By the by the man, it says that what Hakadosh Baruch Hu opened the doors of Shamayim. Kama arubos yesh bedelas. How many, how many windows are there in a door? Arba arba. There are eight. There there are four. I mean, it was like I guess in Talmudic doors, you had the space in the door to be able to put four windows. So one door is approximately the space of four windows. And what happens? There are two doors in that pasuk in Tehillim representing the bounty from above. Harikan Shmona. Nimsa, so we'll say, now, now watch this. If, if, if a window was open in Shamayim, if a window was open in Shamayim, and that allowed the waters to fall down, and they were, and they were what? There were 15 Amos, there were 15 Amos ultimately of, of water, of, excuse me, of rain, then Lemaisa again, Lemaisa again, four times that will be the 60. Four times that will be the 60. That's where again, Harikan Shmona, Benim Saman Shirali Yisrael, so say again, the way they, so obviously, let's be clear on something. Rabbi Lazar Hamodi is not necessarily trying to make a, 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 a compelling, you know, intellectual argument. Right? Whether or not, again, whether or not, remember this whole idea that it was 15, he's trying to make a point. And the point that he's trying to make is, if this is the amount of rainfall that came out of windows in the heavens, can you imagine ultimately the amount of bounty that came out when, when? When the doors themselves were opened. If the doors were opened, you can only imagine what came down. Tanya, Isi ben Yehuda, Isi ben Yehuda says, Man sheyara lehem Yisrael, hayim miskaber va'ola adshoron osa komal chimizrach. So we'll say along the same lines, Isi ben Yehuda says that the man would pile up, the man would pile up, to the point that all of the kings in the eastern kingdoms, eastern and western kingdoms, would see the man. The literally, the, the kings would themselves, they would see the man from, from a distance. But Shina and I, the Pasuk of say, it's so beautiful. Ta'aruch lefanai shulchan neged tzorirai. So beautiful. The Yomar says, this is what David Amalek says, set before me a table in full view of my adversaries. That's what David Amalek saying, Kalish Baruch, you know, once upon a time, you went ahead and you allowed the nations of the world to see the blessing that you convey upon your people. You piled it up and everyone saw it. Set that table for me as well in front of my enemies. Amr Abayi, Shmami Nav, excuse me, he adds, he adds in over here, although the Mesorah Tashas takes it out, Kosirivaya, my cup overflows. Amr Abayi, Shmami Nav, Kaso de David the Amodaasi, learn from here that the cup of King David, the cup of David Amalek in the world to come, 
which will say in this context, the world to come, you would probably mean messianic Yerim Osa Mashiach. He says, Masan ve'esrin ve'chad luga. Holds, holds 221 lug. Shene emar, kosi rivayo. Rivayo bigimatria hachihavi. So we'll say Rivaya in Gematria is 221. And therefore, the Ma'is say again, it would appear that the cup of Dabra Melech in Yemosa Mashiach will hold 221 Lugin. Obviously, I'll say there's a lot more to speak about all of these things, but you'll have to, uh, it's, it's a serious, uh, it's a serious post. <laughs> okay, Vaiter. Hello, Damia. So we'll say the Gemara goes back for a second to the Mon Mabul, the Mon Mabul comparison. It says it doesn't make sense. See, what the Gemara wanted to do, what, 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 what Rabbi Lazar Hamodi wanted to suggest was that the man piled up 60 amos on the basis of the fact that the water, which only came out of one window, piled up 15 amos. So the Gemara says it doesn't make sense. Hasam yomin, ha First of all, first of all, the rainwater fell over a course of 40 days, and the man fell in one day. Furthermore, hasam lukoli amo, See, here's the interesting part. The interesting part is the, the measurements don't make sense, meaning if, if, the money, if, if the waters fell out, if the waters fell 15 amos, but it was dispersed over the face of the entire world, the mud fell on a much smaller space, which means that if it's true that it's falling out of four windows, then Lamaisa, again, Lamaisa, it should be piled much higher than 60 amos. So the Gemara says the following. The Gemara says, Rebbe Lezhamodi, Psicha, Psicha, Gamar. To which the Gemara answers, listen, Rabbi Lazar Hamodii is just making a Gzeir Shava to yield a homiletic idea. Look at Rashi, Psicha, Psicha, Gamar. Ma Psicha Hamura Ba'arubos Hamabul Tesvav Lebeza Rubos. Just like by the Mabul, there were 15 Amos for two windows. Af Psicha Hamura Bedaltos Aman Tesvav Amalachol Beza Rubos. So to again, I was, I'm sorry, by the way, I, I said this, I realized I said this wrong before. It's, it's really, it's really, no, no, I'm sorry, I said it right. right. So therefore, again, what he's saying over here, it's psicha, psicha, he's making gzera shava. So by the mabul, it was 15 amos for two windows. So, so to again, by the, by the, by the mun, you have also 15 amos for two windows, and you have four, you have, you have, <coughs> four, you have eight windows. I'm sorry, that's what I said wrong. It wasn't four windows. It was eight windows because did I say that? Okay, two doors, four windows each. They're opening up eight windows, sixty amos. Okay, thank you. So essentially, the Gemara is answering over here. As he says psicha psicha. He's making a gzera shava ultimately between the two psukim. And what Blessed Madi is saying is, you don't have to get all that caught up in the technical details of this gzera shava. Because I'm just trying to make a point to you over here that the same way the gzera shava teaches you that the same way that the rain fell in incredible quantities. The mud fell in incredible quantities as well. We'll say back to the back to the halach a little bit. Remember the Gemara says it speaks about the inuyim, the afflictions on Yom Kippur, that one is not permitted to engage the various different activities. So the Mishnah say you can't eat. Now where do we get these? Where do we get the idea that on Yom Kippur there are five afflictions? So the Gemara says it says the word inui affliction five times in the Torah. So in each of these psukim that the Gemara discusses, the Torah uses the Lashon of Inui. The Torah uses the Lashon of Affliction. So the Gemara understands the fact that the Torah mentions affliction five times indicates that what? That Lamai said there are five types of Inui, five types of affliction on Yom Kippur. But the Gemara says, one second. 
but we have six in our Mishnah, right? So I'll say again, remember, what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah spoke about Achila, eating, Shtia, drinking, Rechitza, washing, Sicha, anointing with oil, Ni'ilas, a sandal, wearing shoes, Tashmishamita, relations. So why are you telling me five? There are really six. To which the Gemara answers, oh, I'll tell you why. Because eating and drinking are counted as the same. Drinking is not reckoned independently. Drinking is part of eating. Because Lakish says, how do we know that in general, that drinking is included in the sheer, uh, is included in the concept of the eating? So the Gemara says, The Torah says, You shall eat before Hashem your God. This is by Maestro Shani. So Maestro Shani, you have to take your tithe and what? You have to eat it in Yerushalayim. So what does the Torah say? You shall eat before Hashem your God, the Maestro of your grain, your grain, your Tirosh. Now we'll say we'll see what Tirosh means in just a little bit. And Yitzrecha. So the says, Tirosh Chamru. What is Tirosh? Tirosh is wine. And yet, what do you see from your Bosai? Vikari Leva So the positive says, you shall eat. And we see clues in eating includes the consumption of wine. So the Gemara says, one second, Mimaya, how do you know that? How do you know that Tirosh means wine? The Dilma the Achli Ayide Anigron. I will say maybe when, it's, when it talks about the consumption of wine over here, it means that you're eating the wine in Anigron. Now, what's Anigron? The Amarava Barshwal Anigron Maya de Salka. Anigron is water of cooked vegetables. Well, so I guess it's what you, I guess like a vegetable soup. If you look at Rashi for just a moment, Rashi says, Anigron min ma'acho, this is a type of food, shinosnin bo yayin. They used to put wine in it. Ubekam makomo shaninu betosos, anigron ba'asigron shinosnin bo yayin b'shem. I will say, look at the next line in Ragi de Gimara. So, anigron ma'in de silka, anigron ultimately is, is, is water, is water in which vegetables were cooked. Achsigron mayed kulushalki. And achsigron is similar and it includes all different types of cooked vegetables. So I will say what is interesting over here is the following. The Yamar is suggesting maybe when we speak about the eating of wine, it's how you're putting the wine into this anigron. And I will say, so what is the anigron? What is it essentially? It's soup. So it's liquid. But here's what's interesting you don't drink soup. You eat soup, right? Nobody can, nobody, I, I, I don't think so. I don't think people say they drink soup. Mm-hmm. People say they eat soup. So soup, although it's a liquid, is consumed, it's, it's achila. So you might suggest maybe when the Torah speaks about consumption by wine, it's speaking about wine, and people would often put wine into this vegetable soup. It can fill you up. Mm-hmm. I mean, what? Wine can fill you up too. Mamish. It's like a meal. Yeah. Like, it's like a meal. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Are you on this liquid <laughs> diet? It's, uh... <laughs> okay. It's going to be a support group that's going to be after, uh, after the shear. So, so, so the Gemara is suggesting over here that maybe when it speaks about eating of wine, it's eating of wine in a Nikron. So the Gemara says, you're right. Rav Yaakov says, the truth is, we learn out the fact that drinking is included in the act of eating from the following Pasuk. You shall, again, it's also by money. It's also by Maestro Shani, excuse me. That if you take your Maestro Shani and you redeem it with money, so again, so again, you can go ahead and redeem it for whatever you want. You can go ahead and use it for whatever you want. So what do you see from here, Abosai? Shtiyahi bekari rachmana v'achalta. So Abosai again, the Pasuk again says over here, the Pasuk again says over here, So Abosai, you see once again, the Torah, the, the Torah groups 
yayin sheikhar along with other food items, bakart zone, and therefore you see from here that shtia is bechal chila. Well, so remember, don't lose sight of what we're trying to do. We're trying to accomplish over here. We're trying to show. We, we just said before that the Mishnah lists six different inuyim. But yet, the Gemara said that there are really only five different types of affliction. How do we reconcile those two? Simple, we want to say that shtia is bechlal achila. That drinking is under the umbrella of eating. So now we have to demonstrate this. So Gemara is suggesting over here in the Maestro Shemi Pasuk, the fact that the Torah groups together eating and drinking and calls that all v'yachal tolifni Hashem indicates that what? That l'maiz again, the act of eating, excuse me, the act of drinking is included in eating. I may be same thing over here that you're eating it with a negro, to which the Gemara says, Shechar Ksiv, Midi Demashkar. No, because the Torah says, Shechar, and Shechar, what Rabosai? Shechar is something that, could, that it could intoxicate a person. And what's interesting about Rabosai is the assumption is that wine that is drunk within food, like in a negro or a ksigron, does not intoxicate. So the fact that Torah saying has the ability to intoxicate indicates that it's being consumed in its own original form. <coughs> one second, the Dilma, the Vela Ke'ilis, maybe it's referring to, this is interesting, there were these Ke'ilis figs. So Ke'ilis figs apparently had a type of intoxicating effect when you ate these figs. So maybe if you're going to tell me that we're talking about food that can intoxicate, maybe it's not, maybe it's not wine, maybe it's the Vela Ke'ilis, the Sanya. If you ate, this is by talking about a coin. If you ate devela kilis, or shasa dvash, or you drank honey, or chalav, or you drank milk, the nichnas lamikdash chayi. And you went to, I was saying, what it really means over here is you went into the mikdash and you did the avoda. You did the avoda, you're chayi. I say, what are you chayi for? Lemaisa, again, you be chayi for. You know, um, um, sacrificing under the influence. It's an SUI. <laughs> SUI, you can get the... Right? So, so, so what happens? So the idea over here is that these items have the ability to intoxicate. To intoxicate. It's actually interesting. Milk milk also is fascinating. Again, it could be that their, their processing was different. It puts you to sleep. Right? It puts you to sleep. So the Gemara also also understand that that nobody's <laughs> drinking skim milk in those days, right? Man, which this was like the real. This was like I, I, well, it, it's probably whole milk plus. It's probably more like cream, if if anything else. So the Gemara the following: Elof Yolif Sheikhar Sheikhar. So also remember, we're still trying to figure out. So how do we how do we know how do we know that Shtia is bechlal achila? To which the Gemara says, "You're right." So rather Elof Yolif Sheikhar Sheikhar Minazir. Rather, we'll say, so now we're going to make this a little bit more complicated. We're going to learn out Xerah Shavah, Sheikhar, Sheikhar from Nazir. Now, what is Xerah Shavah between? It's Xerah Shavah between Maeser Sheni and Nazir. And to say what? Ma'alahalan, Yayin, just like by Nazir, Sheikhar means wine, Afkan Yayin. So to over here, it means wine. So, we'll say, so therefore, the way we make that limo, therefore, is what? Therefore, it says Sheikhar by Nazir, Sheikhar by Maeser Sheni, just like Sheikhar by, by, by Nazir means wine, so to Sheikhar by Maeser Sheni also means wine, and therefore what? And Lemaisa, therefore, by Maeser Sheni, we see that Sheikhar is grouped together with Bakar and so on. It's all called Achalta, and therefore that teaches us that Shia Bechlal Achila. Samar just says on the side, but Tirosh Chamru, are you telling me, by the way, that Tirosh is wine? Vahatanya, but we learned, Hanodya mina Tirosh, if one makes a neder, to abstain from tirosh, asr bechol mesika. He is prohibited to eat all types of sweet things. Now, mostly what the Gemara means over here by sweet things, Rashi says, asr bechol mesika. The peros chadoshim b'tapuchim ba'anovim. What does it refer to? Fresh fruit. He can't eat grapes. He can't eat apples. So, what do you see from here? That umutr b'yayin. 
See, see from here what Rabbi say. That what? That tirosh is not wine. That tirosh is fruit, sweet fruit. One second, but I've come. Who is that possible? That tirosh doesn't mean wine. Valksiv, the tirosh nobav besulos. Rabbi say quite literally, it means that tirosh will bring forth like besulos, like virgins. Now, Rabbi say, what, what does that mean? So look at Rashi for just a moment. He says, Now, what does it mean that the, that the wine will bring forth like a besula? Rashi says, This tirosh refers to good wine. It could make a person a little bit labadig. And what happens? It could cause him to reveal hidden things like a besula. Just like a besula is, so to speak, closed off. She does not engage in intimacy. So too, we, we often have many things that are closed off as well. But a little bit of wine, a little bit of wine, seems to open up the, uh, you know, the chamber of secrets. So the Gemara says, Oh, maybe what it means when it says Tirosh is what? Something that comes from Tirosh can open up the secret. So the Gemara is suggesting over here, what's something that comes from Tirosh? That would be a reference to wine. So the Gemara is suggesting that maybe over here the Ma'isa Tirosh doesn't mean wine, but Tirosh means fruit. But it's a Pasuk says, Gemara is over here quoting the Pasuk from Mishlei. The Tirosh, the Tirosh Yikavecha Yifrotsu, literally the Tirosh will burst forth from your vats. So the says again, I will say that would seem to indicate wine. Maybe not. Maybe that which comes from the Tirosh. So the Gemara is just suggesting over here that Tirosh means, Tirosh means grapes and not the wine itself. I, but it says Rabosai, immorality, wine and tirosh will consume the heart of man. Rabosai, clearly over here, tirosh cannot mean grapes. Tirosh has to mean something that, that, is a, that, that has the ability to inebriate. Elodikoli alma tirosh chamrahu. Rabosai, you're right. In reality, tirosh means wine. Tirosh means wine. But what happens? Ubinidarim halach achar lashubinad. Rabosai, it's very interesting. Remember, where, where did this whole problem get started? Very interesting. This whole problem got started where? By saying that Lemaisa. If a person makes a nether not to partake of tirosh, so what can't he eat? He can't eat sweet fruit. So what do you see from here? That tirosh doesn't mean why it means sweet fruit, which the Gemara finally says, no, no, no. Understand, nedarim are a different animal. What happens to us in the parasha of nedarim? We go what we call basar lashon b'nei adam. What does that mean? That when it comes to a nether, we look not necessarily at to the, as to the etymological root of a word, but what do we look at? What do we look at? It's usage. So the Gemara is suggesting over here, it could be that people often use tirosh in a very loose way. People often use the word tirosh to mean what? To mean fruit. Is that its true etymological meaning? The answer is no. Tirosh means wine. Now both sides, therefore, again, we are, we are on good standing over here. Because Lamaisa, again, going back, what we have over here is the following. We have over here that we have, by the Pasuk of Maestro Shani, the Torah says, now actually, what we, well, here's what we have over here so far. We have, so far, the Pasuk from Meister Shani, which groups Shechar. We made a Gzer Shav of Shechar, Shechar, from Meister Shani to Nazir, to say that just like by Nazir it means wine. So to Meister Shani it means wine. And, and what? And by Meister Shani it groups together, excuse groups together Shechar, together with Achila. Therefore we see Shtiya Bechlal Achila. Therefore, again, we understand that although the Mishnah lists six different afflictions, it really only, it really only refers to what? Five different categories. Now you also understand that the word tirosh does in fact mean wine, except perhaps by nidarim, where it could be a little bit more inclusive of fruits as well. 
Now the Gemara says, Va'amai, excuse me, uh, Va'amai kari le'yayim, Va'amai kari le'tirosh. Why are there two different words for the same thing? Why do we call wine yayin? And why do we call wine tirosh? So it's something amazing. Yayin, shemevi yelala liolam. Why is it called yayin? Because it brings wailing. Wailing. Let's say not with an H, right? But W-A-I. Right? So, so again, it brings, it brings wailing to the world. Now, what's the pshat? Now, look at this. It's actually very profound. Rashi says, he says, shemevi yelala, ayyidei, ayyidei hayayin rav, rav hanyuf uporonos baliolam. Both say wine, a lot of wine, gets people into trouble. Right? Again, if you remember again the famous Sota, as to why the Torah juxtaposes the parsha of Sota to the parsha of Nazir, to say that Sota whoever sees Sota in the state of disrepair, Yazir It's almost as if Chazal assumed that wherever people get themselves into significant trouble, specifically with morality, usually there is wine involved. So why is it called Yayin? Because maybe Yelala, it brings wailing, it brings moaning, it brings ultimately crying to the world because people get themselves into such trouble. Tirosh is also amazing. Why is it called Tirosh? Shakala miskarebo na'aserash. I said this is amazing. Because anyone who gets too drawn after the wine will become poor. Will become poor. I said, what does that mean? That Chasasham person becomes too addicted to the wine too addicted to the alcohol, they can spend all of their money feeding that habit. Rav Khan Ramiksiv, Rav Khan contrasts the Pesukim. On one hand, it says, Tirash, the Karina Tirash. Now, once again, remember, the letters themselves, when vocalized, just look like Tirash. But yet, we read it as Tirash. What's the Pesukim? The Pesukim is amazing. Zoha Naserosh. If a person is Zoha, if a person is Zoha, Nabal say, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Zoha Lishtos Lefimida. If you drink just enough, naaserosh, you will be made ahead. I will say, what does that mean? Look at Rashi. Naaserosh, shemefakech libuchachros. It is an amazing idea. A little bit of wine, or I should say, even not a little bit, but wine in moderation, used in the right way. Wine is a very powerful tool. How is it very powerful? Because I will say, if consumed in the right quantities, gives a person an incredible amount of clarity. Well, say this, this is, is an incredible yisod, that a good amount of wine, a good amount of wine, besides the health benefits of it, but a good amount of wine actually goes ahead and is able to take some of the edge off of life, which is an allow person to think in a more coherent... You see, we often assume that alcohol impairs judgment. Yes, a lot of alcohol impairs judgment, but Chazal understood that the right amount of alcohol can actually give a person a clarity to be able to think things through in a, in a, in a more clear fashion. So Zaha, if you use it correctly, Na'aserosh, it could be very beneficial, you can get ahead. Lo Zaha, excuse me, Lo Zaha, Na'aserash. If you, however, misuse it, you will become impoverished. Vahainu Dirava, so he says, Ramik Siv, so I'll say on one hand, the Pasuk says, Yishmach or Yishamach, the Karinan Yismach. So we'll say again, remember, so again, you can read it, Yishmach, you can read it with a shin, you can read it with a sin. Zoha Misamcho. Rabbi say, if you use wine in the right way, it could give you incredible happiness. Lo Zoha, however, if you use it inappropriately, Mishamimo, it could leave you desolate. Amarava, this is what Rava used to say. Rava said, There are two things that I attribute my wisdom to wine 
and sweet-smelling spices. I both say, because there, there are certain things that a person needs to restore a little bit of equilibrium in life. So a sweet smell, a glass of wine, those are the kind of things that can make a person a little bit more even keel to be able to make the right decisions in life. The Gemara goes weiter. Rechitza v'sicha minalan. So both say, now what we, here's what we've established. So we've successfully established that shtia is bichlal achila. Right? That drinking is including and eating. Now the Gemara says, rechitza v'sicha. We're going down the list. How do I know that washing and anointing with oil are prohibited on Yom Kippur? Minalan d'ikra inui. How do I know that they're considered to be an affliction? D'chsev lechem chamudos lo achalti. This is by Daniel. So Daniel is saying that while he was in the king's palace, he denied himself certain pleasures. What does it mean? I didn't eat lechem chamudos. Literally, choicey bread. Choiciest. Choiciest bread. What does it mean? Amarav Yehuda, Braidrav Shmuel, Barshilas, Afidu Nama Dechiti Dechai Salo Achal. I didn't even eat wheat bread or wheat from, or should say bread from refined wheat. Then I will say, no one's going to argue that eating bread from refined wheat is a delicacy. That's not a delicacy. What Daniel is saying, I even abstained from basic pleasures. And how do we know that anointing oneself with oil? Or with, with oil? Or I should say, refraining from anointing with oil is considered to be an affliction. They will say, this is when the Malach Gavriel spoke to Daniel. The Malach said to me, Al-tira Daniel, don't be afraid, Daniel. From the day that you placed your heart to understand. From the day that you decided to dedicate your heart to understand, to literally afflict yourself before Hashem, your God, so again, the Gemara's understanding over here that does not refer to eating. refers to something else, actually Tosfos on the top of Ayin Zayin Amud Aleph. In the last line there says, Tosfos understands that the Inui that Gabriel is referring to over here is that Daniel did not anoint himself with oil. So we see over here that eating is called Inui. We see over that anointing oneself with oil is called inui. Rechitza minalan. How do we know that not washing is called inui? Amrav Zutra Bartuvia Amrakra, the Pasik says, Amrakra, Vatavo Kamayim Bikirbo, Ukishemen Baatz Mosab. The Pasik says again in Tehillim, it'll come like water in his inside and like shemen on his shemen on his bones. So the Gemara says, we see from here that what? We see from here that washing is compared to anointing. Right, that's the pasuk does. So, the, so just like we just proved that anointing is 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 an inui, right? Refraining from anointing is an inui. So, to now the fact that the, that David Melch compares washing to it indicates that what washing is an inui as well. Or refraining from washing is an inui. Ve'imakishtia. I don't understand, but maybe he's not talking about washing water. Maybe he's referring to what? Drinking water. Dumia de shemen. No, 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 because the Gemara's Governor Melch is comparing the water to the oil. Ma shemen me avroi, just like the oil is applied on the outside of the body. Af mayim me avroi. So to the water over there, they're talking about is on the outside of the body as well, i.e., drinking. I, but there's another time that just brought just the opposite inference. This Another time said, where do we know that anointing with oil is just like drinking on Yom Kippur, i.e., they're both prohibited. Even though there's no explicit biblical pasuk, there is a zecher. What's the zecher? Oh, so I'll say what. So this kind of brings this pasuk to say. 
that David Amalek is comparing drinking of water to anointing of oil. And just like drinking of water is usher, so to anointing does. So you see over here that according to this Tana, the, the water that's being referred to over here is not the water of washing, but the water of drinking. But rather, Ravashi says, you're right. Washing, you learn that from the very Pasuk itself, that Daniel says, and soch lo sachti indicates that what? I did not even wash. So Rabbi say we see over here that the idea of sicha, the idea of anointing with oil, the idea of rechitza as forms of inui are both coming from Daniel. My v'ani basi bidvarecha. What does it mean? I will say, you know what? Actually, we're going to stop over here. We're going to stop over here because the, re- the rest of the daf is the pasuk from Daniel, which we'll analyze tomorrow. We'll say tomorrow we begin daf yomi at 5.45. It's a, it's a long daf tomorrow. Amen. Sasha.